0: You're listening to the Scrimmage with Daniel Hargrove and Justin Damischevitz.
1: Yeah, oh, yeah, baby,
0: he's dominating right now. Meow, meow, meow.
1: <laughs> Hello and welcome to a Wednesday edition of the scrimmage. That's my co-host Daniel Hargrove. I'm is Justin. It?
2: I think so. <laughs> All of the conversations today, I don't know what is what. Is
1: yeah. is, is left you right. I don't know what a hot dog is. I don't is, know what a hot, what hot a dog condiment is. is. What is what's a condiment? Whether humans are lava monsters. It could be. There's so much happening I, right now. I don't know what's and going on. And nobody listening to this knows what we're talking about. <laughs> Uh, including me. One person knows what one of those things is. Francis. <laughs> <laughs> we got our first Francis mentioned in the intro. That's good. That's my co-host, Daniel Hargrove. I'm Justin Damashevitz. We also have our fabulous producer, Andrew Gross, here with us. And we got a great show. There's a little Mariners, little Seahawks, and uh, I don't know, maybe we'll mix in some uh, poll results and and a uh, power ranking, and I'll how see hard, if I can stump Daniel. How hard was it for you not to go into strong bad's voice when you were saying <laughs> that? I hey, will hey, go into some poor results. It's and a, it's a, stump a daily, Daniel, it's a constant daily battle. We're gonna
0: get it going with a <laughs> two minute drill. Whoops.
1: That's the run. Let's bit. go! Let's go!
3: Let's go! Hold up. Gotta hurry! Gotta hurry! Gotta hurry!
1: Gun do it right. Gun do it right. Three Jet Buckeye. Don't worry. Three.
0: The two minute drill starts now.
1: Seattle Mariners infielder Abraham Toro hit a game winning grand slam off of Houston Astros reliever Kendall Graveman on Tuesday. Actually, last Tuesday now because we're late recording the show. So this was over a week ago. Oh, wow. Those players <laughs> were traded for each other <laughs> earlier this season. Daniel, did Toro validate the trade with one swing of the bat? Ye, sure. <laughs> You know,
2: it's funny, I've seen Astros fans talking about Kendall Graveman saying that he just looks depressed, and he's so sad, poor and guy. I don't blame him, the poor guy's playing for the most hated team in America right now, I mean, come on, he got traded to the Astros, the Trashtros. Justin, your 10th ranked North Carolina Tar Heels were upset on Friday by unranked Virginia Tech, Ouch. That's almost as bad as what the Pac-12 went through. (laughs) Heisman hopeful
1: Sam Howell threw three picks in the loss. What the heck happened? i think what you saw was a slightly overrated team who's trying to replace its four best skill players who all went to the nfl this past year did they all sit out the bowl game last year too yeah they did Yeah. yeah yeah so well no actually one of them played okay but yeah they uh this was an overrated team that probably shouldn't have been 10th ranked in the country and they came out and played against a tough defensive team in a tough stadium to play in and they sort of got punched in the mouth uh I'm going to put two of those interceptions not on Sam Howell. One was 100% not his fault. And I'm going to say he's still got a shot at the Heisman. The Tar Heels can run the table. They can go something in one. I don't know how many games they'll actually have. (laughs) When they beat Clemson in the ACC title game a few months from now, they will lock up a spot in the college football playoff, and Sam Howell will be hoisting that Heisman trophy later this year. Book it. The Seattle Seahawks (laughs) traded cornerback I kill her with a spoon (laughs) to the Pittsburgh Steelers for a 2023 fifth round pick. Daniel, is this move a signal that the Hawks are comfortable with Trey Flowers as a starting outside corner? No. The Hawks are
2: comfortable with anything that has to do with their cornerback position. Every single one of their off season moves of bringing in cornerbacks are not on the team anymore with An exception being Trey Brown, who they got in the draft, but he's hurt, so that doesn't really count anyway. It's crazy what the cornerback position has been this offseason for the Seahawks. That's why they traded for Sidney Jones. I think they're thinking in their heads, Trey Flowers, please just get us through a game against a garbage Colts team with Carson Wentz, who's coming off of a trash heap, so Sidney Jones can hopefully start there the rest of the season. The 20th-ranked Washington Huskies lost their season opener to Montana on Saturday, (laughs) and that was at home. Dylan Morris threw three picks, and the Huskies only managed seven points. Justin, is it
1: time for UW to bring in highly recruited freshman Sam Hewart? I think it is, but I think it's probably based on what I heard on the Brock and Salk podcast this week. It's probably not totally fair to put all of this on Dylan Morris. Brock Heward, who is Sam Huard's uncle, uncle, said Brock. you know, if Sam had been in there I don't know how different it would have been because the Huskies got thoroughly outplayed at the line of scrimmage and were thoroughly outcoached Ooh. in this game by Montana's coaching staff. So I think, yeah, they need to do something different. I don't know what they're waiting for on Sam Huard. If you think he's the guy for the next few years, just throw him in there and see how he does. You're not getting good results with this other guy whose name I already forgot. <laughs> Dylan Morris. Yeah. That
2: guy. Which is funny that they got beat at the line of scrimmage because going into the game, they were like, oh, you dub has one of the best lines in the country. Yeah,
1: and they have one guy specifically who's supposed to be like potentially a top ten NFL draft pick. Well, how'd that work out?
2: Not good. I mean, unless Montana's defensive line is amazing. Well, Montana is
1: Do they actual do they have actual pick- grizzlies on the defensive <laughs> line? <laughs> I mean, Montana is a really good FCS team. They're like a potential national championship contending FCS, FCS yeah. team. There go. Yeah. So it's not like they're bad, bad. They're not the baddest of the bads, but they're not on your level. Like no. it, is le- it, it is it is legitimately embarrassing for the Huskies that they lost.
0: As an example that's closer to home, Eastern Washington University is an example of another really, really good championship contending FCS program
2: yeah and they beat Nevada which is not an
0: FCS program
2: so there's another example except for Nevada is what? much smaller and yeah. much lower level than UW we as need well
0: to introduce relegation to college football yeah I think
1: part yes. of the problem with all of this is that is the way that Husky fans carry themselves they're like <laughs> they're so self-important and they think that their <laughs> program is like one of the elite programs in the nation. Give me a break. But that's what Husky fans think, and so yeah, I mean, I, I back when we were cheating, it's easy. We to were really good. I generally <laughs> root for them, but it's also easy to root against them. I don't, I don't have a real, a real problem with what they lost, but it's embarrassing and it's inexcusable, and it can't happen again. Or Jimmy Lake's going to be fired, like fired, fired, <laughs> not fired, not kind of fired. No, because if you get fired after only one game as a head coach, that's fired, fired. But I guess if, if it's a 2 if games. Have it is again, that like so be be double games? secret yeah. probation? Also, yes. I have no idea who they're playing next either.
2: <laughs> Michigan. That's oh. going to be a fun game. Yeah, I think he probably won't get fired if
3: they lose that one, though.
2: <laughs> I don't know. Jim Harbaugh is kind of a terrible. Wait, is he even the coach still anymore? Yeah. Is he still the coach? Yeah, because I think it's going to be a if big loses... deal when he gets fired. That's if he be loses a big to... news story. If he loses to Harbaugh. Who's like the worst Michigan coach ever? <laughs> but
1: they've been pretty good at beating teams that aren't Ohio State. That's though. true. But that's that's a why he's still coach. I think that's yeah.
2: that's a good point. Yeah.
1: I, yeah. I but guess. anyway, are are you? I mean, the, you ready
2: to move on to my favorite part of the show? Um, I don't know. Do, is do you want to talk about your boy Sam Howell a little bit more? I mean, you're. <laughs> I can tell when you're getting really facetious when yeah. your whole demeanor changes and you yeah. start pointing at me and yeah. yelling about him winning the Heisman. Yeah. And I was just I thought that was really sad that Sam Howell got the sarcastic treatment that
0: early. i uh I, I he, will I will say that I looked up his previous odds for the Heisman because I just didn't trust I know Justin wrote that question, and I was like, was he even in the conversation, but he was yeah. the he was number two yeah. preseason oh, yeah. for Heisman odds
1: totally. And and in the conversation for potentially being the number one overall pick in the NFL draft, I, actually a lot of mocks have him as the number one overall pick in the draft. It's between him and the Oklahoma to the Jaguars. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think. Uh, I mean, if you're talking about Sam Howell specifically, he flatly did not play very well. Um, I watched about half the game and listened to the other half on the radio. And what I watched, he seemed inaccurate. I think. Uh, you can't always blame everything on the offensive line, but the offensive line is returning a ton of experience and they were not good. They were, they had a really difficult game. Um, Hal had no time to throw. And you know, it's hard when you lose your best receivers early in the game, there was a few drops or passes that might've been a hair off and the receiver couldn't haul it in. They just never got any momentum going. One of the interceptions the the I was so mad, the first interception, he threw it. It was a comeback route. And the, the defender was all over the back of the receiver. And the the receiver is one of those ones where he's diving towards the ball. And it was it's a really hard throw, and it was absolutely perfect. Receiver's diving down on the ball. It hits him in the chest. But the receiver didn't secure the ball, and the defender just rolled over him and grabbed the ball when they were on the way to the ground and wrestled it away. How? And it was an interception, but not Howell's fault. And then the last one... That's a one, heck of a play by that defender. Yeah, it was a really great play. Um, but you saw the last one. He's spinning yeah. around in a circle and just hucking the ball it. with 30 seconds left trying to make something happen at yeah. the end of the game. So, Which,
2: making something happen, yes, but it was like second down. Like when I saw the down, I was like, ah. Oh.
1: That's true. It's a good point. It wasn't a good to, But at the at that point, I, had, I was watching and I had so resigned to the fact that they were just going to lose because gotcha. they couldn't do
2: anything. Well, I mean, at least it wasn't like the Oregon State game where a receiver, while they're trying to make a last second comeback, Got called for stepping out of bounds voluntarily on two consecutive receptions. Oh my! Like stepped out, came back in, caught it two consecutive times, and then he ran a slant and caught it because he's one of their best receivers. Ran a slant, caught it, and the announcers were like, huh, "Didn't step out of bounds on that one," <laughs> and I was like, Ugh, "We didn't have that's a funny, good." But I'm really mad right now. <laughs>
1: As a group, we did not have a good college football weekend. No, yet. Francis All of our teams lost.
2: Francis put a hex on us.
1: Yeah.
0: I mean, U Dub lost, which was cool.
2: That's true. That's good. And they lost to Montana. Oh, also yeah.
1: Duke lost to an FCS team, which yeah. was also super cool. That's pretty sweet.
0: FCS is rising, man. Yeah.
1: Duke lost to a team who's... who does
2: it? can Kentucky, Kansas?
1: Which one? I don't know. That's... I'm asking you. Or who's Francis' team? Yeah, it's Kansas, but it's only for basketball. Do they play football? Yeah. <laughs> I think they had one. <laughs> Were good they the team once. that? Were
2: they the team that just rushed the field after beating an FCS school?
0: One of, no one of those, he doesn't one of those for the ba- basketball team. Dude.
2: One of those basketball teams that plays football just rushed the field because they beat an FCS school.
1: Kentucky won this past weekend. I don't <laughs> know if, uh, if, uh, if what the deal is with that. But. Rushed <laughs>
2: field after winning, beating FCS. But Duke
1: lost to an FCS school who had never beaten a Power 5 school. It was the first... Oh, that is time in the history of their program. Good for Duke. Good for Duke. So that, like, that helped a little
2: bit. Kansas. So he—he's a fan of Kansas. Yeah, you're sure it's not Kentucky. No, it's Kentucky. You're right. Okay. (laughs) See, dang it! It would have been so much better if it's Kansas because Kansas. Kansas fans stormed the field after beating an FCS team. Oh. But I had a feeling. Still only in basketball. I was feeling it was Kentucky.
1: One time as a... Yeah, that's a good point. He only roots for the basketball team. Football really is really the hates, Dame. Francis really hates Kansas. So one uh, isn't time that as Notre a, Dame? Notre Dame. One time as a taunt, uh, the back of his vehicle was very dirty. So in the dirt, I wrote rock, chalk, Jayhawk on the back of his car. <laughs> and he was very upset with me. He actually yeah. took a picture of it and said, you've gone too far. But I yeah, he remember hates that. Kansas. He hates Kansas. Uh, okay.
2: And that's why you always think that, okay, that makes sense. It is
1: legitimately confusing. And actually, I very (laughs) solidly knew until you started questioning it. And I'm like, wait a minute. No, it's it's Kentucky. It's Kansas. No, it's Kentucky. though. Yeah, whatever. Yeah, nobody cares.
2: (laughs) (laughs) All right. Let's move on to your favorite part of the show.
1: Serving questions up on a silver platter where the points are made up and the rules don't matter. Time for Stump Daniel. Daniel, you did such a fantastic job last week Uh-oh. with Seattle Seahawks player numbers. Yes, I thought. Let's see how Daniel could do with Seattle Mariners numbers. Oh, thank this God. is so much harder. <laughs> I thought he you were going to so say. So relieved. Oh. Did you say thank God?
2: Yeah, I thought you were going to say Oregon State numbers, Justin. and I was like, I have no
0: clue.
1: Take I th- notes. I thought that you were going to. You should do Oregon State
0: numbers next week.
1: So baseball numbers are so much more difficult because number one. Well, maybe this is for me because I listen to baseball on the radio way more than watching. Yeah, yeah. But there's no convention to which positions have which numbers. You better have at least one coach in this list. It's totally, (laughs) totally random. That's my favorite
0: part of baseball numbers. For the the most part,
1: if I tell you somebody's number is, you know, in the 70s, you know it's a lineman. Yeah. You don't have any of that in baseball. I mean, pitchers have weird numbers. Don't all? Isn't it just weird numbers all across the board? Like Baseball anybody can have, have any have number, numbers. right?
2: Everybody can have every any number, but it's it's rare to see somebody but a pitcher wearing like something in the nineties okay. or sixties or seventies, except for the Yankees, because Yankees have like a billion numbers retired. So if you this guys, only- because the Nash the baseball writers of America
1: <laughs> slobber all over the Yankees and unanimous Mariano Rivera. If you do well on this, I'm gonna be really impressed. Because okay. I actually thought after you got nineteen out of twenty on Seahawks numbers last week, I thought, okay, this is gonna be harder. Okay. So if you can do that well in this one, I'm gonna be really impressed. But I only picked ten. Okay. And this is all they're all players on the current roster. Sounds good. Okay. Dude. Do- The first one, Daniel. Number seven. Which Mariner wears number seven? Number seven.
0: That's the number after six and before eight.
1: (laughs) Thanks, bro. This is going to be tougher. Uh, I think if I'm being completely honest, I think I would have gotten two of these. Marco, Marco Gonzalez. <laughs> Marco Gonzalez is correct. Marco does wear number seven. Which is weird. That's a weird picture number.
0: I am 100% certain I would not know any of these at okay. all.
1: Daniel, you're one for one. Who, okay. who wears number 18? Uh, 18. It's not Peyton Manning, although that is the number that Peyton Manning wore. <laughs> uh. Okay. And I didn't go too obscure on these. Like, these are all. Yeah. Although I think I'm... that we both know all the guys on the roster. I, th- I, I, I think so, yeah. Except for some of the relief pitchers.
2: They shuffle those around a yeah. decent amount. Uh, you say
1: Kikuchi? That is correct. You say Kikuchi does wear number 18. Nice. This is a fantastic start <laughs> for you, Daniel. 36. Who wears number 36? Oh. Do, 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 do. 36. It's a running back number. Or a defensive back. <laughs> I was back.
0: gonna say. <laughs> Isn't that Rawls number? Or was he 34? No, no he's thirty four. Oh, okay.
2: That's why you have it on your
1: yeah.
3: shirt
0: over there. I just didn't remember what the number was.
1: 36. So twice in a row with the first ones you took a long time and I thought, oh I got him. And then you got both of those right.
3: Okay.
2: Um, it's not. <laughs>
1: Daniel I'm is right me. now. He has his eyes closed and his head tilted because that helps him think. Apparently. I'm trying to visualize gonna Visualize an attack when you're playing in Stump Daniel.
2: Why can I not remember their whole starting rotation right now? Stump Daniel does this to you. Okay, so it's... Marco, Yusei, Gilbert, Anderson. Chris Flexen is not that number.
1: And then it's the other guy they just traded for. That's the
2: other one. Anderson, yeah. But he's not that number either. Shoot. I don't... I cannot think of who 36 is. I'm going to guess it's a pitcher.
3: hmm
2: I'm just going to say this guy... Because
1: he's come up in the show before, but is it Kostilko? It is not Kostilko, okay. the Russian. Okay. It is actually Logan Gilbert. It's one of the guys that is you it mentioned. Really? Yeah. I was
0: going to guess it, Gilbert. Yeah. Oh, I should have let Andrew I, I do know. It. I didn't know. I didn't know at all, but I was going <laughs> to guess Gilbert because he was kind of new, and I thought maybe you wouldn't wouldn't know that one off.
2: Yeah. For some reason, I thought
1: he had a funky number, too. But, yeah. Okay. Well, Turns right out, now, running back number. Right now, you have two out of three, which is two more than Andrew and I would have had. Actually, Andrew might have gotten Logan Gilbert,
2: number twenty-two. Daniel, <laughs> it would have been a blind guess. Who wears number twenty-two?
1: Twenty-two. Robinson came no, out. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> I, I mean, I don't want to go too hinty on this, but like, this might be the most obscure name on the whole list. Actually, no, I can confidently say it's the most obscure name on this list. Great. But it's still a guy. I feel like that's the kind of hint that doesn't help at all. It's a guy who plays. (laughs) Well, they all play. He plays baseball. They all play. (laughs) Uh, Sometimes he throws it. Sometimes he catches it. He
0: wears a glove in the field.
1: (laughs) (laughs) You're laboring. This looks painful. Luis Terenz. It is Luis Terenz. Number 22. That's you're three out of
0: four. So, so quite often he doesn't throw it or catch it, <laughs> turns <know>. out.
3: <laughs> <laughs>
1: you know, I, D- Daniel, I'm impressed because like on all three of the ones that you've gotten right, you've like really thought about it. And exactly. usually when you have to really think about it, those are the ones that you often get wrong. Yeah, <laughs> so I'm, You're three out
2: of four. I'm... I'm I'm proud of myself right now because this has
1: been tough. 15, Daniel. Who wears number 15?
2: Why are all these so hard? You're right. These are hard. Baseball numbers are hard.
1: (laughs) Oh, 15.
2: I'm having to, like, really focus and try and picture numbers.
1: Yeah.
0: Would it help if I explained why I think it's harder? Yeah. Why you think? Yes i i think it's harder because in football you don't see people's faces so you recognize players by the number
1: <laughs> it's kyle seager <laughs> right. it wasn't hard not at all it was the easiest one on the list sorry to cut you off no but yeah i yeah. had to make sure i said that before i talked myself out i of think it, it did help obvi- i'll take credit yeah. for that one daniel <laughs> who wears your number 13 Abraham Toro. That is correct.
2: And I knew that because I was
1: like, oh, at least he picked a really cool number. (laughs) You are currently five out of six. I'm thoroughly
0: impressed. He's got a sweet name, too. Abraham Toro
1: is a cool
2: name. He also looks like a villain in a movie. (laughs) Like his eyes, I don't know, his eyes have that natural, like, eyeliner look. I don't know why like
1: it's I don't know if they're sunken like in the a Like a real Derek more. Carr kind of a thing. <laughs>
2: yeah, it's kinda of the Derek yeah. Carr look the guy who I keep thinking of is did you ever watch the movie uh Prince of Persia? No. No, oh, the bad guy in that. But I read the book. Kinda looks like You mean played the video game? <laughs> Just trying to sound smart.
0: What is book?
1: <laughs> number three, Justin. Daniel.
0: Who wears number three? Circa twenty twenty
1: one. <laughs> what is book is actually, if, if I'm being completely honest, it's one of my favorite things to to comment on people's Facebook posts when they're like, hey, has anyone ever read this book? Or I'm looking for a good book com- uh, recommendation. I have commented what is book probably a dozen times. Somebody on in one of my I'm Facebook
2: just... debates today commented, why are trees? <laughs> and I posted a gif
0: that said, Because. <laughs>
1: <laughs> number three, Daniel. Where's number three? <laughs>
2: number three.
1: JP Crawford. That is correct. By the way, if you're listening along here, I would love to know how many you get right because I'm willing to bet that I don't know a person who would be getting as many right as Daniel you is. You don't right
0: think now. Sean would know? Maybe
1: Sean. <laughs> maybe. Maybe. Sean knows a lot of stuff. Dang it, Sean. 23, Daniel. Who wears number 23? Ty France. Ty France. That was your quickest answer yet. Yes, sir. Even quicker than you got Kyle Seeger. (laughs) No, that's... 17. not great. 17, Daniel. He's
2: boring. What can
1: I say? Mitch Hanniger. Mitch Hanniger is correct. Now you're getting away from the pitchers. This is getting easier. You are 8 out of 9. One more left. (laughs) Don't give me a reliever. (laughs) Number 10, Daniel. Who wears number 10? Uh, uh, uh. Uh. He's smiling. I think he thinks he know. This is what I'm reading in your face right now. You think you know it, yeah. but you think this is the spot where I'm going to try to do something that confuses you. Yes. So I actually use this as a tool in Stump Daniel sometimes. Yes, you do. I do something that's easy just so you'll think, is he trying to trick me? Exactly. Jared Kelnick. Jared Kelnick ah. is correct! You are finishing 9 out of 10. So in both of these combined... The, foot, the Seahawks one and the Mariners one, you got 28 out of 30.
0: Daniel, would you find it easier to come up with numbers from names or names from numbers? I'm just curious.
1: Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. I, I That'll be next week's Stum Daniel. Okay. Stum Daniel? Stum Daniel. So, like, if... We've like done like y- Jump Daniel. We've done <laughs> Junt Daniel. We have Stum Daniel. <laughs> I got a lot of segment ideas here. But that's it. Stump Daniel's over. I won. You, I win. You have successfully, for the second week in a row, avoided being stumped. Congratulations. Woohoo! I don't know what it is about
0: numbers, <laughs> but for some
2: reason, I remember them. And Andrew, I'm kind of upset that you brought up that other way of doing it, because I'm not sure if I'd <laughs> do
0: well,
3: it as
2: well.
0: Because I was... I'll give the I wanted I'll to ask give you if you knew and what Seawalls... Because you said reliever us, and I was like, what's Seawalls' <laughs> number? I have no clue. Oh,
2: okay. Zero clue what Seawalls' number is. It's zero? Is
1: that what you said? Zero clue. Zero clue. All right. Well, I thought it would be a good moment for us to talk just a little bit about the Seahawks. I don't think there's... I mean, they have a game coming up on Sunday, so we'll have recap to talk about after that game's over. I think the most significant thing that we found out probably this week is the fact that Dwayne Brown is going to play, which I feel like we kind of knew... But it's just been confirmed now that they reworked his deal for one year. They didn't give him any extra money down the road, but they gave him a little bit of an extra signing bonus for this year. And he's happy and he's content, and he's going to be with the Seahawks this year. So what is...
0: Also Diggs. I don't. I think it ha- came out before Brown, but it was good to have confirmation that Diggs is going to be playing.
1: So what was your level of concern for those two guys with their hold-ins? Because they both showed up for practices... But didn't participate, and they both wanted new contracts. But now they've both didn't get those extension contract extensions that they wanted. But they're going to play anyway. Didn't Dwayne Brown get a he restructured got, deal? He got a deal? Yeah, but it was more like, we'll just give you some more money this year. He didn't get the extra years that he wanted, was but he got the impression, he got, that more got. Money. He got like something. Yeah.
2: yeah, I don't know
1: what Andre's going to get. I, He'll probably get something that's quandary, more in the three-year range, I would think. He's, he's going to get a deal that... Is he a young guy? youngish. yeah. Okay.
0: I believe that he also has, uh, got an insurance policy uh, so that he has a level of of uh, stability if he, if he gets injured this year. Interesting. I've heard of pitchers insuring their arms before. I don't know any details. I just know that that I, I've heard. I don't even know if it's reports, but speculation that that's the stuff. He he talked about, uh, for sure being there to play when he was talking to the press. Like he was definitely there going to be there to play, and he just had some personal financial stuff to to clean up before or to get get settled up before he was on the field.
1: Interesting. Quandre yeah. Diggs is twenty eight. So on the youngish side where you wouldn't worry about one more big contract
2: for a few more years. That makes sense. He doesn't want the whole Earl Thomas thing to happen. Yeah. Yeah.
0: But but he also is probably well, I think the players' association has put them in a position where they can't really hold out. But even if even if he was considering it, I think the Seahawks have shown that it doesn't really help a player's situation. Unless you're Marshawn, maybe.
1: So, is there anything yeah. significant or interesting that we need to talk about with the Seahawks going into Sunday's game? I think, I think the main things to watch for. I mean,
2: I could, I could kind of give you some things to watch for that I'm curious about. Okay. Um, first, it would be nice to see what this "quote unquote" new offense is going to look like mm-hmm. because we really have no clue from the preseason.
0: I'm going to be looking at amount of time left on the play clock when they break the huddle. I mean, it would be nice for no delay of games. Yeah, that'd be cool.
1: Yeah, just a faster pace of play yeah. in general, I think.
2: But also more easy passes. Mm-hmm. Because I feel like we watch so many games where the quarterback gets like five or six like easy passes, and you're like, oh, yeah, that seems but nice.
1: One of the big criticisms that we had of Russ last year was that he had guys open in that's, those short to intermediate ones and true. he didn't throw the ball. That's true. He, so, kept,
2: he kept throwing for the yeah. home run ball.
1: So, Will, I mean, I'm assuming if, because that was not the game plan. Like, the game plan, it was a vertical passing game for the Seahawks for the most part. So, I'm assuming that Russ was not just going rogue and saying, no, screw the short passes, I want to throw deep. I'm assuming that was part of what was that, whatever was built into the game plan. So, hopefully, I would think, knowing that this offense is going to be pretty significantly different likely than anything that he's run or that the Seahawks have run that he'll go into it with the mentality that it's quick reads quick projection pro, quick progressions and go. then get rid of the ball yeah because a lot of the criticism that people have of Russ from last season specifically but even through his career is instead of Hitting the route that looks open, but he thinks maybe there will be something better. He holds onto the ball, and that's part of the reason he gets sacked so much.
2: Makes sense. Yeah, well, he's got something open early, but doesn't right. go for it. Yeah I've, yeah, I've definitely complained about that. Uh, I'm excited. to. I'm interested to see if Gerald Everett is finally the tight end that they bring in from outside with high, with high expectations that actually is used well. Mm-hmm. I mean, Jimmy Graham did have a bunch of touchdowns. He That's, was pretty good. He was pretty good, but he wasn't Jimmy. Like when Jimmy Graham came in, yeah. he was like God mode. Yeah. You know, he was getting in the red zone, and there was nothing you could do to stop him. So I think he didn't live. I guess I want I'll phrase it differently. He also set somebody who they bring in from the outside who lives up
0: to expectations. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he did also set a record for tight end like uh, touch touchdowns. Yeah, like so he he was really good Before even he came, here. No here. Like he was really good. Tight end. Oh, okay. He was really good with the Seahawks. He just wasn't the he wasn't the what he was hyped up to
1: be for yeah. sure. Because the higher the expectations, the harder they are to reach. But, Absolutely. and th- that might be the benefit with Everett, because he's good, but he's not coming in with a Jimmy Graham reputation. He's yeah. coming in more like with a reputation that, hey, this guy's already good. He could be better. And I think that because they have Gerald Everett. And I think
2: he's going to find more success than we've seen from tight ends in the past because they only kept four receivers. So I think he's going to get a lot more opportunity Mm -hmm. than tight ends have in the past because he's more of an athletic, pass-catching type guy. Although,
1: how many more weeks until David Moore is up onto the the active roster from the practice squad? You would think...
3: (laughs) See, I would have thought
1: (laughs) in a normal scenario, most people would have looked at that news that just in case you didn't hear, listeners, David Moore was signed to the Seahawks practice squad this week. Barf. And <laughs> I would think for most people, you'd be looking at it going, eh, you know, if David Moore is your fifth or sixth receiving option, he's there in case you need somebody to pull up and... He's proven that he can make some plays in this offense. He knows the offense. Actually, he won't because it's a new offense. He's familiar with the personnel (laughs) in Seattle, but, you know, it's a guy that you know. It's a guy that you're familiar with. And instead of being (laughs) positive about it, Daniel's like, ugh, (laughs) because it's just a matter of time before we have to be watching David Moore again as the Seahawks' third receiver. And he'll make one
2: acrobatic catch
1: and everybody will be like oh David Moore oh my gosh what were those people gargling there Daniel
2: marbles okay because (laughs) they eat marbles I don't know that doesn't make sense
1: bunch of marble garglers Uh, the
2: other thing I want to see is is the receiver situation does Dwayne Eskridge flash does he make a couple of plays in the game that you're like oh That's why they picked him first. Like, this is going to work out. This is why they only have four receivers is because they're that confident. And, of course, Lockett, DK, but also Eskridge and then Freddie Swain's, you know, their kind of guy that Mm -hmm. they kept. And they figured that all of our other receivers are just guys, too. So why do we need to take another one?
1: Yeah. Yeah. So I think I'll have I'm going to have many more opinions about the Seahawks, but I almost don't. Like I don't want to wear the topic out going into the game because I want to have more stuff to talk about after we see it.
2: I think the obvious ele- elephant in the room that I didn't mention to is, will the cornerback suck?
1: Yeah, <laughs> well, we talked about that pretty extensively okay. in the last yeah we'll, maybe we'll just even leave a couple of podcasts, and I yeah. think we all think that's it. That's I a mean I d- that's my single biggest position of need. yeah outside of c- concern. Yeah. I think nickel corner, they'll be fine. Well, they've got. They're going to play big nickel and use Blair and Amadi. I think it'll
2: be okay. And I think they're and they got guys who can play nickel.
0: Yeah. What if they just put Blair on the outside and just had him start at like ten yards off and collision the receiver every single time? Because the rules of the NFL don't allow you to
1: do that. But who do you? But will they call it every single play, Daniel? (laughs) (laughs) Who do you most want to see in that nickel spot? I want to see Blair because I, I do too. I, I think yeah. that we've we've gone these years knowing that he's a second round pick that they've had huge hopes for, but he's barely been able to be on the field. So like we've just been feeling like there's this potential looming for the last couple of years, and we haven't been able to see it. So I want to see. I mean, I feel like Amadi's fine, and I think we kind of know what what the Seahawks have in Amadi, and it would be nice to see Blair have a shot because if. They put Blair out there. Like you now have two safeties who you think are going to be the safeties of the future. I would believe in Diggs and Adams. So, if Blair doesn't work out in that nickel corner or big nickel or whatever you want to call that spot, then it's like it's almost like poor roster construction and a wasted second round pick. So I want to see what they have.
2: Absolutely, I agree with you one hundred percent. I I want to see what Blair can do and if he can be a difference maker there. And if not, then they have. Mahdi who can be solid.
1: Yeah. So, Mariners, Daniel, go. They won today.
2: Yeah. Gosh, what an emotional roller coaster this team is. <laughs> Dear are. Lord, it's I really feel difficult. like every night I'm just riding a high or a low. My poor wife <laughs> can tell if the Mariners won or lost by how depressed I am that night. It's, r- it's ridiculous. Wait, you're
0: still depressed if they won?
1: How... No. No, okay. she can tell whether they won yeah. or lost by, by how depressed he is, well, he, he could, said. How depressed could be not depressed at all. That, okay. It, thank you. I'm yes. sorry. I thank was you. worried about you. Was, thank you, Justin. I was worried. <laughs> Should we be worried about you? Or are you doing okay? I'm doing okay. fine.
0: <laughs> Just battling depression on days that the you
2: Seahawks are I don't know what weighs up, man. I mean, I'm. <laughs> I found out that any food can be a condiment today. I don't know what to believe. At
1: some point do we need to discuss this?
2: I think the mailbag is just going to be a zoo okay. today.
1: That is going to be a zoo. Um, As opposed to the rest of the show. Well, the, the other big news.
2: Uh, but the Mariners, I said watch out for Boston. And all of a sudden, the last five days, people have been like, look
1: out for no, and i'm like whatever and lo and behold toronto passed us now too
2: so i don't yeah. know what canadians yeah apparently they're still playing I baseball hate
1: those guys that toronto that's the team that has like a positive 130 run diff and they're behind all these teams that they have scored way more runs than
2: yeah because they just garbage games. time they garbage just- time runs well, they swing they out of anything. their butts constantly. Vladimir Guerrero is the only one who can do it and hit for average. What? The rest of them are just constantly so, just swinging for the fence. I've
1: heard that phrase before. Every time somebody <laughs> says it, I picture someone with a bat in their butt, <laughs> swin- like turned around backwards in the batter's box, trying to swing at a pitch. What does it mean to swing out of your butt? I don't know. <laughs> that not right though i think it means i when would you're think just, that would that would not be a very effective when you're swing.
0: swinging with no control <laughs> and you're just like you're you're transferring all your weight and you're just like pivoting
1: it's like if you don't hit the ball you fall down i mean if you truly that that swung sense, with yeah. the bat coming out of your butt it would not only be hard to hit with power it would be hard to make contact at all <laughs> is that sort of the way I'm,
0: <laughs> I'm envisioning the way mario hits uh when you when he's got the visual. raccoon suit and 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 uh, oh yeah. yeah
2: yeah that checks out yeah. yeah in in mario when you get mm-hmm. the raccoon suit totally that's yeah. an excellent yes that it is sounds me- like you're your making butt. fun
1: of me but no <laughs> I, <been> I'm, <laughs> I'm sorry i'm not making fun of you i was like processing it like yes that's exactly what it is oh my god i think the other big news for for the mariners that has come out recently is that kyle lewis uh, is being shut down for the year yeah that sucks so it does suck uh, but does <laughs> it matter yes
2: it, I, I does think it matter does. right now I, I, I'm i not sure it, if it matters right now. I think it does, personally. I'm not sure if it does, but I think they needed a boost for the last month, and I think that would have been a boost that they needed. Mm-hmm. Right now, they're running guys out there in left field like Jake Bowers who, and Dylan Moore who just aren't going to be productive, and if you had gotten Dylan Moore, or, I mean, oh, my gosh, if you had gotten Kyle Lewis back, <laughs> that would have strengthened this lineup a ton. Also, But for the future now you're worried about Kyle Lewis having to come back again from an entire season lost. And you're like, is this a guy that we count on or do we trade him? Do we risk trading him? And then he's awesome. Do we risk counting on him? And then he just hurts his knee every year. Like
0: yeah. it, it's we do, so sketchy. They do have some, some other talent in the outfield, right? I'm, I'm yes. asking like, so, so at the very least you've got, there's not this feeling that, like, this guy has to be the guy or else nothing will work, right?
1: Well, I think because he was rookie of the year. Like, you already know that he's good. Like, you yeah. already know that he has the capability, so you don't have to be quite as worried about his development as you ha- yeah. as you would with guys like with Evan White and Jared Kellenick who haven't shown it yet. Julio so, Rodriguez.
2: All of yeah. these guys in the minors who... Well, Evan White had- is an outfield to...
0: Like I was talking. No, about no, I was just talking about prospects yeah, yeah, yeah. in general. And
2: that's the thing is, this is your prospect who you are high on that proved it. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. And so, yes, they have guys there, but they're all prospects who have yeah. proved it. Yeah.
0: Well, but I'm. I guess when I'm thinking about what worries me is that he's going to be good. We know he's good, but he's going to play half the games in a bunch of seasons kind of thing. Like that's right. That's like the worry where it's just like, is this guy going to be one of those guys? that's just can't get right. Yeah. And I think worry. that's a big concern. And, yeah. Absolutely. Okay. Huge,
2: huge concern.
0: So I, so I, I just, I was trying to like figure out what the, like we know he's good. It's yeah. so it isn't a question of like, but if you can't, if you don't, it, yeah. I don't think he's good enough
2: because this is super rare that if you're not playing, like, your timing gets so messed up. If yeah. you're constantly missing the half of a season, then when you start back up, you're going to be behind. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Uh, yeah, so I think that there is a level of concern there with Kyle Lewis. But ultimately, like, I saw it and I thought, I'm kind of okay with it because if that's what he needs to, to get right, it probably isn't much yeah. of a point really in trying to bring him back if it's going to be a rush at all to bring him back for the end of this season.
2: It's absolutely the right decision, yeah. decision for his health. But it does stink, though. It stinks, and I think that they needed a boost down the stretch. And unless unless one of their September call-ups from the minors can provide that, I don't...
1: Or or if Kellinick can
2: turn it on. And he's been better lately. Better, I mean, but he, not... He just lost his his five-game hitting streak, but mm-hmm. he went two for four then again today mm-hmm. with two RBIs that were huge in the yeah. in the game. So tied it up so i don't know we'll see
1: well we can't talk too much baseball or people are going to get bored so let's let's take a commercial break and then on the other side of that we will talk about poll results we'll talk about local sports we'll do a power ranking and then we're going to talk about something that is very interesting to us that we have no idea if any of our listeners care about do you have a legal situation and need someone on your side? Let the law office of Jeffrey A. Damashevitz be your advocate. If you've been the victim of medical malpractice, suffered a personal injury, or need representation with real estate law, small business law, or estate planning, let Jeff Damashevitz put his 29 years of experience to work for you. Call Jeff Damashevitz today at 360-612-3991 or visit DamashevitzLaw.com. That's D-A-M-A-S-I-E-W-I-C-Z-L-A-W.com. Welcome back. You're listening to The Scrimmage, which is brought to you by Oley Penn Real Estate and the law office of Jeffrey A. Domasiewicz. We are going to talk some local sports. It's been kind of a weird start to the high school football season. Uh, Montecino didn't have a week one game because of a COVID pause. Now, um, we are just seeing the news... That Elma's game, which was supposed to be against Centralia this coming Friday, has been canceled. I don't believe we've got a clarification on why it's canceled, but I'm going to assume that it's something COVID-related. Yeah,
2: either with them or with Centralia. I'm not even going to say which team because we don't know.
1: Yeah. So we get to see Monty this coming friday and i'll be on the call of that game with yeah. ian cope we'll see Monty play against cascade christian at Rottlefield, and that'll be an exciting way for the bulldogs to open the season but we have an athlete of the week um which was selected by all of us but you know this was a daniel hargrove nomination here daniel yeah. do you want to do you want to give us our athlete of the week
2: yeah uh it was my nomination i felt like we all agreed, agreed. yeah but there was definitely some discussion. Because there were was, was, there was some good options. There were some good options. Yeah. Um, but I felt that the all-around performance of Aberdeen's Trey Anderson gives him the nod this week. From the stats that we have compiled from multiple different stores sources, uh, Trey had two touchdowns, which, of course, everybody, that's not hard to find out if you watch the game. He had two touchdowns, one rushing, one receiving, 97 total yards, counting his rushing and receiving yards, He also had two sacks in the game, and I've heard that he had a handful of tackles as well. So for the complete game that Trey Anderson played offensively, defensively, rushing, receiving, scoring touchdowns, I think that Trey Anderson is well-deserved of this, especially in the Rivalry game that this game was Hoke William versus Aberdeen It's always just a little bit bigger When it's a rivalry game You get an extra boost If you're the Monty Elma game You know, it's going to mean more As Aberdeen wins their second in a row And Trey Anderson is our Only Penn Real Estate Athlete of the Week
1: I think it was really fun last year Towards the end of the season For the Bobcats to see some of their Some of their players overall But especially some of their running backs just burst onto the scene. And, I mean, we saw Trey Anderson bursting big carries left and right. And he tends to get those those outside looks where he gets around the edge. And he's really tough to bring down when he's coming around the edge, especially for just one guy to take him down. So it, I'm not surprised at all to hear that he had big contributions in this big rivalry game. But like you mentioned, Daniel, that's a big stage. So, like, when we're going through some stats about who could be the athlete of the week, and I think there was two players we felt really similarly about But then it's like Myrtle Street rivalry game. You you get a little extra for that. And so, I mean, it's really cool to see Trey Anderson just as a junior, I believe, as a junior, just coming in and and having an impact like that. So a lot of Aberdeen's players that are having big impacts are not seniors yet. Yeah. So big win for the Bobcats. And you get to see a lot of these guys next year as well.
2: Absolutely. And this is a fun season because speaking from someone who has... I usually let Ian, my coworker, Ian Cope, who's... I call him the voice of Grace Harbor Sports because he's been doing it since 1999, and holy crap, it's 2021 already. So that's a long time. Mm-hmm. Uh, he usually right now, sets. People a... who are listening yeah. are doing math in their head to yeah. try to figure out how old Ian is. Yeah, <laughs> oh, how old he is. that's mean. Uh, so wow, my brain just completely blanked <laughs> Sorry, with that. that my no, fault. what I'm saying is he generally sets the football schedule. Yeah. And so I do have some input with that. You know, we talk about it a little bit, but usually he sets it, and I'm like, yeah, that's great. Uh, the last few years, like before last year, even including last year, we're like, all right, Aberdeen football, let's let's get in the Rochester game. We know we're going to have the Hoquiam game, and then let's maybe Centralia, you know, try and find another game. This year we're like, Aberdeen football, this junior class – Tumwater, Shalalis. Wow, we want the big dogs. We mm, want those games pressure. because this is the this is the season that you're hoping they can compete with the big dogs. Now, I Tumwater is a tall task for anyone. Mm-hmm. I mean, literally, Tumwater could probably beat UW at this point. <laughs> so, but could they beat Montana? <laughs> I, no, I don't. I, Montana they'd struggle with. UW, they'd clean up, especially. At uh, Husky Stadium. That's a shot. <laughs> <laughs> that's a shot. But, I mean, that's what we want to see, though. I mean, this is so exciting. Aberdeen's gotten to the point where we're like, yeah, we want to see that Tumwater game. Mm-hmm. And is a behemoth. They have, like, 90 kids on their team. They have offensive and defensive-only players. They look like a college program running out in the field. And yet we're like, yeah, this is the Aberdeen team that we're excited about. And so, I don't know. I'm really excited about this squad. And Trey Anderson is one of those kids that I'm, I'm super excited to watch both this year and next year.
1: Well, we don't... Trey's awesome. Yeah. Andrew, do you want to talk about Trey for a minute? No. Okay, no. Uh, you, you don't <laughs> I just. I just needed to yeah. say, he, okay. Trey's, Trey's awesome. We don't have a ton of local sports roundup this week because I think we're going to get, as we go along, some of the sports, as they really get into, swing, into the swing of things, some of the other sports we'll include as well. But we just have two football games that we're going to recap briefly.
2: Yeah, and... Th- should we dive into the Aberdeen one, or should we mention kind of our honorable mention, or wait till we do that next game?
1: Uh, let's do the roundup. You mean the honorable mention for athlete of the yeah. week? Yeah. Let's do the let's do the roundup real quick, and then we'll we'll talk about our Sounds other good. one afterwards. All right. Aberdeen defeated Hoquiam on Friday at Olympic Stadium by a score of forty to eight in the one hundred sixteenth iteration of the Myrtle Street rivalry game. Several Bobcat players contributed, including Jeremy Sawyer with 149 rushing yards and two touchdowns, Kale Goings with three touchdown passes, Drew Locke with two touchdown catches, and Trey Anderson with two TDs, one rushing and one receiving. The Bobcats held the Grizzlies to just 78 yards of total offense in the game. And Elma
2: rallied from a 14-7 halftime deficit to beat Hudson's Bay 21-14 at Davis Field on Friday. Please get a new field for those Elma Eagles. Jared Bailey rushed for his second touchdown in the contest with 2.15 left in the fourth quarter and put the Eagles up for good. Bailey racked up 112 yards on the ground in the game and led the Eagles with 7.5 tackles and a sack. That is his... I believe that's it for our quick yeah, little roundup here.
1: And and in case you didn't guess it from listening to those recaps, Jared Bailey was the other kid. Yeah. I mean, if you look up and down the Aberdeen um, stat sheet, there's a lot of kids who contributed. I mean, Jeremy Sawyer, we've seen him do it, but 149 rushing yards and two touchdowns is a big deal. Seeing Cale Goings throw three touchdown passes that's in a awesome. game for the Bobcats is awesome as well. And super exciting for that program. For too, sure. Um, and I think with Jared Bailey of Elma, you know, he scored the game-winning touchdown, he rushed for two touchdowns, had 112 yards on the ground, and, and a great defensive performance with seven and a half tackles and a sack as well, and and really, like, we were looking at him when we had Jared Bailey, Trey Anderson, we felt really similarly about them, and we were like, uh, rivalry game, we're gonna go with Trey, but... Huge. I mean, Jared Bailey, awesome performance in that win for the Eagles.
2: Absolutely. And again, yeah, really close because also an all-around performance, offense and defense, just a monster game for him. But yeah, the you know that rivalry game, it's kind of the tie-breaking nod there. There were some other games that we saw from some of the, the B schools that were kind of interesting. What was it? PL willapa Valley only played a half mm-hmm. because some – extenuating circumstances cut that one close and they won 40 to six. Were they playing in Ilwako?
1: Ilwako, yeah. Yeah, so they apparently, Ilwako, suffered several injuries in the first half, including an injury to their quarterback. And if they had came out and played in the second half, they would have only had 11 eligible and players who were healthy enough to take the field. So the coaches just got together and talked about it and said, hey, we're going to have to forfeit the rest of the game. So... Um, that's unfortunate, but obviously, dominating performance by the Titans leading into that halftime.
2: Absolutely, I can't remember the score of the off the top of my head of the Raymond South Bend game. These are these are scores that will do a better job of.
1: This week's been a little crazy this for week's us, been folks. Bizarre, yeah. This week we had and a producer week... who just took off for the weekend and <laughs> didn't tell us he was leaving. Oh, and we, uh, <laughs> by Sunday afternoon, we were like, "Is Andrew dead?" <laughs> Should we be worried? We're calling people saying, "Can you swing by Andrew's house and make sure he's still alive?" That happened. Yeah, that was a real thing. Yep, that actually happened. Uh, did you Did you find the Raymond South? I I saw you I, type. The in. internet's
2: not working. Okay.
1: Well, we'll because just because that actually seems like the way that this week has gone. That seems about right. That that checks yeah. out. Yeah.
2: Yep. So we'll move on
3: to <laughs> <pull> results. <laughs>
1: Poor Andrew. He didn't even defend himself. I know. He was busy on his phone. Yeah. Did he hear us? Did I, he hear us take a shot at him? I don't know. Okay. I was ignoring him. Okay. <laughs> Poll results. And I only, I only did a few this week. The first one is based on something Andrew said. Sweet. Do you trust a Pete Carroll team off a of bye week? Oh, yeah, I was yeah. going to look that up. Because Andrew said, <laughs> I don't trust a Pete Carroll team off a of bye week. I'm not sure why. It's just a feeling I have. Well, Andrew, 67% of the audience does trust a Pete Carroll team off a bye week. And Pete Carroll is 7-4 and four off of a bye week in his Seahawks career. So not amazing, but pretty good. Yeah, better than I feel like all it right. is. Yeah. yeah. Next question. Next poll question. Are the Pittsburgh Steelers cheeks? <laughs> I think we all know the answer to that one. yeah. Only 57% of the audience said yes. I thought well, that calls
0: higher. all of the rest of our polls into question.
1: <laughs> Next question, have you ever eaten a whole apple core and all? <laughs> I have. I know you have. You told us you did and I was like not only have I never heard of someone doing that, but why? Why would you do that? Well, guess what, Daniel? 29% of people said yes, they have done that. There we go. Which means 71% of people said no, they haven't. <laughs> but the fact that 29% of people <laughs> said yes means we either have a bunch of crazy people that are voting or we have trolls that are like, haha, it would be funny if I answer yes on this. Click. Well, they also said that the Steelers there's... aren't
0: cheeks.
2: Yeah. yeah.
1: Okay, next question. And this one. Uh I said I was gonna do it, so I did it. I just posted, Did you understand the question? Yes or no. <laughs> because I said I was gonna create that as a poll question. Well, guys, a hundred percent of our audience said yes they did understand the question. Wow. Yeah. I
0: it's not a complicated one.
1: No. That's oh. all the polls. I would have
2: probably said no. Because I would have been like, I'm not sure which question you they're talking you about. Don't- are yeah. they talking about this question or a different question? I would have said yes I don't understand this. I would have
1: said yes because I wouldn't want to admit that I didn't know what they were talking about. I was being Yeah, of course I understood the question. I'm smart. <laughs>
3: <laughs> smart. <Answer> the question.
1: <laughs> okay, you're I'm ready white. for are you guys ready for our power ranking? This is a very exciting week for the for I was the power about ranking. to yeah, I was sorry. Yeah. I was quoting dodgeball there. I missed it. I was busy I cutting you off.
2: When you were saying I'm smart, yeah. the way you were saying it sounded like you know,
1: I'm white. W h i t s m a r e t. <laughs> <laughs> okay, sorry. You can okay. One. Power ranking of the week, Daniel. I know you've been really excited for the top five best sports movies. Yes.
0: So he decided not to do that. But
1: after last serious? week, after last, I was week, just guessing. When I was listening back to our podcast, I was so inspired by something else that we discussed. <laughs> That I decided to put off the top five sports <laughs> movies for one more week.
3: Come on!
0: Is it because so, he hasn't seen five sports movies? He starts to watch a sports movie <laughs> and then just watch a Space Jam again? Space Jam 2. Oh, both, okay. Those are both going to be There's my top two five.
1: of them now? I know. Top I know. five songs from the Frozen movies. <laughs> <laughs> are you going to sing them for us? Do you
3: want me to? Uh,
1: yes. Okay? I'll do my best. Okay, let's go. I have an Number? honorable mention. Oh. Honorable mention. For the first time in forever. Honorable mention in top five songs from the Frozen <laughs> movies. <laughs>
3: For the
2: first time in forever. Oh, Daniel's it's a positive,
1: that. uplifting song so with... Optimism. It's full of optimism.
2: Are you taking did you say movies? So we're taking Frozen Two here as well? Yes. Okay. I'm not sure if I know There's the two Frozen of those? Two songs. Yeah, oh come on. It made money. They're making a second one. Yeah. Come on. The
1: second one was good. This guy. Oh, the it, second it, one was not very good. It was good. Yeah. The first one was amazing. The first second one was, was good.
2: First one was, uh, the first one was good. <laughs> the second one was why'd they make a second one?
1: Yeah. As per usual. If I'm being completely honest, uh the first frozen movie makes me Incredibly emotional. I have it's a it makes ex- you
0: emotional, or you were already emotional, and it just brings that out.
1: I have an extreme. Not gonna lie, I'm getting a little emotional. <laughs> I, I have so much hostility built up towards their parents for dying. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> like what the heck are you going on a boat away from your family like that with like apparently no one to take care of and guide your children when you're gone? Like and what? And the no like, no plans. Like, no plan. Yeah. And they have a daughter with special needs. (laughs) Specifically, she has ice powers and needs someone to help her learn how to control. And before that, they taught her to be ashamed of who she was. Exactly. So, number one, be ashamed of who you are. Also, we're going to go off in a dangerous situation and just die and not have a plan for you to be raised and guided and taught and coached properly what were they thinking just yeah. going off and dying like that what jerks and then when you listen to okay yeah, i'm gonna I'm just r- start I'm my getting, my, yeah. getting emotional not i'm getting lie. worked up talking yeah. about it yeah okay okay so, i'm gonna go ahead and i'm gonna give you number five okay <laughs>
2: wait was that was the first one from the first one or the
1: second one the first one okay cool yeah
0: number five numero cinco
1: in summer which is the song that is sung by oh, Olaf when yeah. he's realizing that, or he doesn't realize that snowmen melt in the summer. Yeah. So he starts singing about all these things that he's going to do when it's summertime. Yeah. That's a solid one. Yeah. Thank <laughs> you. You going to give us a bit of it? Um, I can't really remember okay, cool. much of it. Yeah. Yeah. Neither can I. Okay. So. <laughs> Glad it made the top five. Can, can I? Can't remember it. Okay. I'm going to give you the next one. Okay.
0: Number four. Quatro.
1: Do you want to build a snowman? <laughs> okay.
2: Okay. Now, somewhat, I would say, I think it probably deserves to be on this list. But I feel like there's a lot of mothers of young kids who <laughs> probably think that this one deserves mothers. to be. Did I say mothers? Yeah. I meant parents. I'm yeah. sorry. There's a lot of parents of young kids that wish this this song never existed.
0: This
1: song does exactly what it's Why? intended Don't to. Don't you want to build a snowman? Do you want to build a snowman? If I can be vulnerable with you guys for a moment, every time stumped? I watch this movie, this song makes me a little misty.
2: Well, this is this is Disney's masterful job. Whenever Disney has a good movie, they have a song at the beginning of it that by the end you're like... That was a better plot line than most movies I watch these days. Yeah. And I feel like that was the montage you got from yeah. Do you want to build a snowman? So
1: after abandoning It's like the <laughs> opening credits of Up and you're like, "Why am I watching the rest
2: of the movie?" Yeah. That was an
1: excellent movie, but the rest of the movie is very Because you're uplifting.
0: crying at the beginning of at the end of the beginning, not, Daniel. not
1: crying, yeah. Misty. There's a certain a, way you have to phrase these things. It's okay to cry at the end of movies. If you're crying, sometimes you but just say, "But I don't say, like
0: those movies." <laughs>
1: If you're crying, sometimes you just say, I'm getting a little emotional. Uh, Anyway... I I like
0: movies that I cry in the middle
1: and don't cry at the end. The key thing with that song is that it it tugs at your heartstrings because as I watch it, and it makes me more angry than anything else because I'm like, (laughs) these parents... Took we're, off and died. We're back at the parents. Okay. And they have now created a situation in which their older daughter, who should be helping lead and guide the younger daughter, doesn't feel like she can do that because she's ashamed of who she is and thinks she's going to hurt someone. Yeah. Because they didn't get her the guidance she needed. Because she's a freak. The parent, you know what, the parents from... <laughs> the, the parents from Frozen... I mean, mutant. Man. Wait.
2: Well, X-Men.
1: Yeah, she's mutant. There's certain characters... No. I'm well, not. She, I'm not responding to what you said. Just, do you think she could go to X Men school? Like, yeah, like Dwight. Not the real X Men school with Professor Xavier, oh. but the one that Dwight went to in the Professor office. Professor Xavier no, 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 in no. Life though. No, no. The one that Dwight went to in the office, where they just he they didn't actually teach the kids. They just made them work. Yeah, they got that, like free labor out of them. That sounds. I feel right. like
0: that probably would have backfired on Dwight.
1: Number three, he would three on have been the an list. icicle. Okay.
0: Number three.
1: Numero three. Into the unknown. This is the only one on the list from Frozen Two. That shows you right there that Frozen Two is not as good of not it's that not good, of as movie. good. No, it's not as good.
3: Into the unknown. Yeah.
1: Sorry, you sound just yeah. like Idina. Uh, Adele's Adele Désiré. Idina Menzel, Dazeem. 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 <laughs> Dazeem. Menzel Dazeem. is the name. <laughs> Is it John Travolta? Yes. Th- so if you haven't heard it, which I'm sure you have. Yeah. Justin's going to sing it for you. Go look up John Travolta mispronouncing Idina oh. Menzel. <laughs> yeah. He That's announces good. her in some kind of official event. as it's a, like a Golden Globe yeah, or something like that. Yeah. He announces her as the insanely talented Adele Dazeem something like that. <laughs> so also, <laughs> oh, there's so many good af- There's so many good follow-up jokes to that. Okay. We'll do that at a later date. Okay. Next next one on the list.
0: Number two. Numero
1: <laughs> This is the shocker that it's not number one. The number two song is Let It
2: Go. I was
0: wondering. I know but, that one. Uh, I heard that one.
2: I, th- I think I know where number one's going, but I'm not sure. But, I mean, Let It Go is also one of those where I'm sure it's 50-50. Some people love it, and some people are like, I can't get this song out of my head. It drives them nuts.
0: They just need to let it go.
1: The number one song. Let it go! Sorry. The number one <laughs> song is on my Spotify playlist. <laughs> Number one, numero uno, love is an open door.
2: (laughs) That's the one with the finishing each other's sandwiches, right? Yeah, that's the one
1: we sang on the podcast last (laughs) week. That was (laughs) a really fun moment (laughs) for me. It's a great song. It is,
2: you know, and it cracks me up every time that I think that, gosh, I'm terrible at remembering characters' names. But it, it cracks me up every time that I think that the girl from Good Place is... Anna. Anna. yeah. Kristen Bell. Kristen Bell, that's it. Yeah. yeah. It, it cracks me up every time I think of Kristen Bell singing that song, because it's such like an innocent, happy character, yeah. and then in The Good Place, she's just the worst. Yeah, she is.
1: <laughs> but you know, this song specifically is really... It has layers to it, because like, yeah, it like, is a light, happy, like fun, innocent song... But then later you find out, oh, that song was devious because that guy was tricking her. Yeah, he didn't I, love her at all. That
0: guy was the worst. Yeah, he
1: did suck. Yeah. I think he froze and he died. He didn't
0: even finish her sandwiches. Did he
1: freeze and die? I think he died. Yeah. I don't know. Sounds like a thing he would do. Disney kills people in movies
2: all they, the time. They do. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Oh, okay. I'm, are you... Yeah, You I'm want done. to talk about it? Uh, speaking of terrifying things in kids' movies... It is
0: now time for Daniel Hargrove
1: <laughs> to overreact. <laughs> yeah do it i'm ready for it it's impressive hit me with it
2: have you seen that thing that TikTok about shrek no how you see the like the different animals like in the forest getting rounded up and you see mama bear papa bear and baby bear and then later in the movie you see like some of the bears and there's like papa bear and baby bear oh, and, and they're, they're like free, but they're kind of sad yeah and then all of a sudden it clips to like one of the royal family's bedrooms, and there's Mama Bear on the floor as bear a rug. bear rug. Yes, I
1: have seen
0: that. Holy crap! Yeah. T- to be fair, I think that's DreamWorks. It is not DreamWorks.
1: <laughs> that's why I was sorry. <laughs> I spat on my screen somehow at some point. I don't know when. Anyway, yeah. yeah. No, that's terrible. That's yeah. terrifying. Hey, that was there's like- a
0: reason that the gingerbread man called Lord Farquad a monster.
2: You're
1: a monster. Not to come, drop buttons, (laughs)
0: because he's a monster.
1: (laughs) The muffin man. We we have
2: okay. This show has been just. We have Has one more topic. Justice, Justin's just yeah. taking this show off the rails constantly. I, this oh, wait, is no. one of my
1: favorite shows that we've ever We haven't done. even <laughs> talked
0: about hot dogs yet.
1: Oh, gosh. We've we got to talk about... There's one thing... This is the topic I tease that we are really interested in that I'm not sure if anyone else is interested in. But,
3: Daniel, oh, yeah. you and Andrew
1: yep. and I all talk a lot about what different radio shows and podcasts there are because we're yeah. always trying to constantly find the things that to listen to that will be most entertaining and informing. And because of that, we've all listened to a pretty decent amount of ESPN 710, yeah, the local a Seattle station. And there was a show, the big shakeup recently, which was that they terminated Danny O'Neill and Paul Gallant, which was the morning radio show. Terminated means fired. They didn't like... Executed s- them. Send a... Machine from the future to kill them. Yeah. As
0: far as we know.
1: (laughs) Well, you know what? It's funny because the day that it happened, Paul Gallant tweeted, and he hasn't tweeted since, and it's been over a week. Oh, that's sad. So it's possible he could have been executed. I miss Paul. But the the thing about this that I think is so interesting is, first of all, and I know I've told you guys this, but again, I don't talk to people about this a lot because I don't think anyone cares what I think about radio, but I stopped listening to local sports radio years ago. Largely because of Brock and Salk. like I get that people love that show and they think it's like the height of what Seattle local radio has been. I can't handle Brock Heward in large doses. Yeah, you've said so, that before. Yeah, so so I, that was the only show that I felt like was even worth listening to. And then when I realized it just annoys me to listen to him, I just stopped listening. When Paul Gallant came a couple years ago from Houston and he jumped in. And at first you guys were listening to it like, oh, I'm skeptical of this guy. I eventually started listening to it. And Danny O'Neill's annoying, but I can tolerate him. I love Paul. Paul is awesome. Paul is, and Andrew likes to joke that Danny was like a version of me and Paul is like a version of Daniel. But to The me,
2: similarities between me and Paul were kind of creepy at some points.
1: Paul was, <laughs> he was lovable and familiar and embraceable. And like you felt like you could, you felt like you could kind of get to know him through the show. And he was like a likable guy that you'd want to root for. And, and kind of an idiot
2: sometimes. Sometimes, but yeah.
1: that you just like, hey, everybody's an idiot sometimes except for me. So <laughs> I I really I would say more than anything, Paul Gallant brought me back to local sports radio. So this kind of hit me hard in a way I was like really annoyed by it. And then when you start digging into a little bit more of what was going on behind the scenes, it kind of makes Mike Salk look like a devious jerk. Am I being too harsh there? Is that too strong a word? Uh, it definitely makes him look like a jerk. I'm not sure how devious it is. Well, he so essentially he was the program director for a while. And then basically about three months ago, according to various sources that we've compiled information from, a lot of it comes from an article that was written by Jim Moore. Yeah. Um, who is a former radio host who worked with Salk and thinks he's a jerk. But <laughs> basically it seems like what happened was Paul was – um, like the boss he or not Paul, I'm sorry, Salk uh, Salk was the boss. he was management. he was the program director, and then a few months ago, they decided seven ten decided no, Mike Salk's gonna go back to the radio, but they didn't want to make it seem like he was involved in any decisions about who got removed for him to go back on, so he took like a three month sabbatical, yep, and during that period of time, they evaluated all the different hosts. And at the end of it, they were like, "Well, we're bringing Mike Saul back. He's gonna fix the ratings, or whatever." And they got rid of Danny and Gallant, which is the only show that I listen to. so it's a major bummer. Yeah, but what, do you do you guys what do you guys feel about that? Like, do you think it's possible that he didn't have any hand? And it's considering the fact that both of both Danny and Paul. Well, I guess I shouldn't say Danny's been pretty quiet. Paul definitely felt like. Salk didn't think he was very good.
2: Yeah, and Danny knew pa- knew Salk for a much longer time. Yeah. yeah, so I feel like it makes a lot more sense that Paul would be able to be as mad or as upset with somebody as possible, mm-hmm. you know, because he didn't have
0: like the long term relationships well, built up. Paul got brought across the country. Yeah, and then fired. Yeah,
2: and I mean he was there for multiple what two years? I think it was about year two years. So I, the reason why I feel like Mike Salk probably had a hand in it is because I feel like he was like, well, the most prestigious show
0: is The Morning Drive. Mm-hmm. So, of course, I, if I'm going to come back, I'm going to do The Morning Drive. And, and he was on that and was very successful with Brock. Yes. Like, they were very successful as a morning show.
2: Yeah. And as a morning show before COVID took out a time. Right. Budget Absolutely. And, and ratings and yeah, that definitely makes I, sense. I guess I am I'm, I'm really frustrated. I have a about hard time too, though.
0: I I I'm gonna sound like I'm defending Salk. I think he's a jerk. And from everything that, that I've heard does sound like you're defending him, yeah. From every from everything <laughs> that I have heard from the people that have worked with him that don't work work there anymore and stuff, like I I don't think I would like to be around him at all. Like he sounds like a jerk. It's hard for me to blame somebody and call them devious for wanting to keep a job, though. And it since he 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 is not the program director anymore, presumably because the ratings weren't the the ratings that he right that he or of the shows that he put he together failed as a program yeah director. so so i assume that it, or i think it makes sense that he was facing not doing well as a program director and probably used every influence that he could as a previously very successful morning show host to get the best spot he could for himself
1: what you just described sounds kind of devious to me
0: I, to me, it's yeah. just I expect that from I expect everybody to try to set themselves up as best they can. Now he is a jerk, so he doesn't do it with consideration to the people around him, probably.
2: Yeah, including the people who he brought in to be right. his flagship, his mainstay. You know, and that's that's the hard part. It's like, geez, and the reason why I liked that I feel like I the best miss shows. I will miss Paul. The reason why I liked Brock and Salk is I feel like the best shows. Or where you have two people who are different enough as, as the hosts, and then you have producers who are confident enough and empowered enough to hop on and say, A, hilarious things and do crazy things like Howdy and Kyle were, but also the confidence to be like, you guys are living in an echo chamber and you're insane. And this is not the case because that happens when you work with somebody a ton, you're going to start morphing into the same person with the same opinions. And you need somebody to be like, no, you're blind to this. And so that's what I love in a show. The most is when, and that's why I like the Brock and Salk show. Brock and Salk were, I mean, Salk for me thinking that he's a jerk and kind of screwed over people. He's a good radio guy. Mm -hmm. I think he's very good at what he does. I thought Brock Salt. I thought Brock Heward was a good counterpart to that of not a jerky guy, pretty much basically the opposite, kind of raw in the radio world, but worked his tail off to become a better broadcaster. So he's risen up the ranks at Fox, you know, doing broadcasting work for them. So he's definitely put in the work. I think he's that. really
1: good in I, football game broadcasts.
2: I do too.
0: And I think he's a Husky Homer.
2: Well, he obviously is, but when he's not doing Husky <laughs> games, he's great. But it was the addition of the two producers. Now, I know all that isn't really relevant to what we're talking about, but I feel like when you're talking about how you couldn't listen to Brock and Salt mm-hmm. because Brock bugged you so much, yeah, it was more like the whole conglomerate that made it a fun show for me. But I feel like this is a crappy situation, and honestly, as somebody who my day job is in radio, it's super worrying, man.
1: Yeah,
2: Like... You're a major sports town, and you can't sell enough advertising to have a full roster of sports talk show hosts. Like, they have downsized and downsized and downsized. This is super worrying to me. I mean, I feel nervous. Well,
1: and that's part of why this is difficult to deal with. Because I feel like, you know, Danny and Gallant get dismissed, and it's not it feels like it's not because they did bad at, badly at their job. It feels like it's because the industry is struggling. Exactly. And maybe it will bounce back, um, you know, when s- some more businesses that have been struggling because of, um, you know, COVID shutdowns and recovering from altered business, maybe when some of those businesses can bounce back a little bit, it'll get better. But the radio industry is a really tough business to be in. And I'm just holding out hope because Paul had been, had mentioned several times about how he wanted Seattle to be his permanent home. Like he was hoping to be here for a really long time. And I'm hoping that like, can he find some other kind of work here? Would he be able to get by starting a podcast as supplementary work and figure out some other stuff? Cause I want him to stay.
2: I mean, Paul, you're always welcome on our podcast. Yeah. Just going to throw that out. You Anytime. can become a permanent member. Anytime. <laughs> <laughs> I'll shift into the second producer role. <laughs> we can pay
1: you pennies. <laughs> we, we, y- Maybe even a dollar. Maybe dollars. Like a week? I don't know if we could swing that. Guys. <laughs> It'd be tough. Yeah. But I mean, I just, I, I feel, I think, mostly disappointed. And then I think the other thing is you're looking at how these things are going to affect the ratings. And the other thing that felt devious about this to me is that Mike Salk put himself on drive time radio at the exact same time that the NFL football season is starting. So what? you would think. <laughs> that you would think. That that time of year would be the most popular time of year for drive time Seattle talk radio. See, if if you're is,
0: planning to change the lineups, though, that seems like a smart time to change it, right? It seems because like a smart time to change it if you in. want to
1: set yourself up for success. That you can point to it and say, which, "Look at what these guys the ratings radio were before, station and, wants and look at to what do right. Look at what my ratings are now.
0: The radio station wants to set itself up for success, right?
2: They want to set, but. Yes, they want to set themselves up for success, but they specifically in this instance are setting themselves up to look like they have success. Exactly. Right. Well, Which I don't think fair you enough. do would want to do. If your business, you want to know if you're having real success. And this yeah. is going to show you. Unless you're th- this is going to be a, this is going to show you a false bump. It depends. Unless you're
1: trying to prove to advertisers, "Hey, look, we made this change and look how it affected the ratings and try to get more ad- ads that way." Like that part of it I get. It's just a business thing that makes me feel icky. I, I don't like I things that I agree with icky. you, Justin. I just
0: don't <laughs> think that it's fair to blame that all on Sulk individually. Definitely it's really
1: true. Sulk, he's the mastermind. You're right, and I'm probably <laughs> I'm probably overstating. And I, I mean, we don't have inside information. We don't know anything. No, don't know we're, squat. We're taking information that we've compiled from like different places. And putting I, we, it together, and I'm just I'm just trying to put some forth things. what I think is so. the most likely feasible scenario in my mind.
0: Yeah, we do know some things. We know that 710 has lost a lot of their best talent. Yep. Over the last like three four years.
1: Can we talk about John Clayton for a minute? Oh gosh, <laughs> he's worrying. I, right. I've uh, loved also John Clayton.
0: I gotta say,
2: I think that. I am so much more biased against Salks because of that last article he wrote. It was the most condescending thing that I've ever heard. And I think about I talked Mariners. about that last time. About the Mariners. About the Mariners yeah, and yeah. their fans. And and yeah. yeah was, I just wanted to yeah. sp- get Their fans and their that. players. Yeah. You, it was the most condescending thing I've ever seen. And so I wanted to punch him in the nose when I read that. But anyway, yes, John Clayton. I've
1: gotten worried about him. Oh, my Because goodness. not only does he sound terrible, like he's constantly – congested and, like, gunky and, like, his voice is terrible. And and then the, the thing that I think is even more concerning is I think his brain's getting mushy a little bit. Like, he he seems to have really strong opinions on things but then never say anything to actually support the opinion. He'll just be like, yeah, because that's stupid. Because, you know, this, 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 and that's stupid. And that will be the end of it. And he'll never say anything that actually supports the point. yeah. And that's been getting more and more regular, where I feel like he used to be a very insightful NFL insider.
2: It's been a long time, though, man, that he's been a very insightful NFL insider because I feel like when I hear John Clayton, I hear the most generic NFL takes that you could possibly, and that's been for like five, six years now. That's what I've heard. I'm like, oh, yeah, it's the morning drive with John Clayton where I hear all the other stuff that I can see from like the 9,000-foot level of random teams. Yeah. Plus his absolute vitriol for Tim Tebow <laughs> so yeah. and the Browns. And his absolute love affair with the Steelers, but he's not a fan. He
1: oh, really, no. really hates Tebow though. Yeah. Like a lot. <laughs> yeah, <he laughs> well, man, this show's getting long and we still have mail bags, so oh, let's take one more commercial break.
0: Ah. Ah. <laughs> I don't even know where that one is. Yes, you know. There we go.
2: At Olypen Real Estate, we have solidified our foundation on four core values. First, We continuously focus on growing our knowledge in the market and in our practices to bring the highest level of competency to our clients. Second, we provide a high level of integrity, compassion and kindness in every aspect of our business. Third, we put the human element above business
1: through humor, enthusiasm and patience. And last but not least, we proactively respond to the needs of our clients. Our mission is to create a personal real estate experience one person and one home at a time. With Oli Pen, it's personal. So I totally did that on purpose with Andrew because we talked the other day, yes. uh, a couple weeks ago, about how when he's not quite ready to click the button, <laughs> he makes a noise. So I was like, I'm gonna see how I drag this off. commercial break. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so that <laughs> was and the just cool after noise. Daniel You're had welcome.
0: made me feel all warm and fuzzy for by recognizing the importance of producers.
1: So I think we're going to talk about I think we're going to talk about hot dogs, but let's hammer through something important Uh-oh. that um, but I think we can go through quickly. Okay. Questions from Francis. Uh-oh. He was very upset with me last week because I said that there were some questions from Francis but they're they're outdated. Yeah. And so I saw him a couple days later and he was like screw you. My questions are not outdated. So I'm going to go through and read you guys all the questions that Francis sent us. Okay. Which MLB fran- franchise has made it to the most World series I feel like Francis already knows the answer to that what question. What is it, Daniel? I don't know. Uh, the Mariners? Is it the Mariners? It's got to be the Mariners, yeah, right? probably the Mariners. Yeah. No, it's Notre Dame. Yeah. I think it's <laughs> Kentucky basketball. Oh, there you go. Which MLB <laughs> franchise has won the most World Series rings? Oh, I you, mean, Boston's got some. Um, you know, I bet that's the Marlins. The Marlins have two. Yeah. So, yeah, there's be, probably that. The Marlins, yeah, uh, there which MLB franchise has never made it to the World Series?
2: Oh, you know what? I think that might be, you know, that might be the Montreal Expos. I
1: think that is the Montreal Expos. Yeah. yeah. I think we're going to go with yeah, the Expos okay. on that one. Yeah, yep. We're. I think we're really nailing this. Just killing it. There's only one player in the history of the Baseball Hall of Fame to be inducted with a unanimous vote. Can you three sad Ems fans name him? Uh, Yeah, we do all the time. He's the most overrated player of all time. That's Mariano Rivera. Perfect. Yeah. Next question and final question. (laughs) If the National League plays without a DH but uses closers, rational people that aren't complete homers for a joke of a franchise would concede the closer is infinitely more important than the DH. Your answers will indicate which one of those you are, rational or complete homer.
2: How does that even make sense?
1: He's saying that... there's What is the correlation there? They're not allowed to have a DH. All of baseball uses closers. Only half of baseball uses a DH, so a closer must be more important. I would argue they that use... the fact that there are less DHs makes them more valuable. At a, yes, and B... When they go to an American League park, they use a DH. They don't go, Not going to use a DH because they're not important. Also, if the the major function of a DH is hitting... A DH is not a failed hitter who got put into that spot because they couldn't hit. A closer <laughs> is a failed pitcher who got put in that spot because they couldn't be a starter. Because yeah, because they couldn't
0: handle more than like three outs. Exactly.
2: So
1: I'll have to ask and the best Francis, ones handle six sometimes, and everybody goes, "Oh my,
2: oh my gosh, they dog. got six yeah. outs!" I'll have and to. And then yeah, left if them you, in for another could you inning? imagine? Could you imagine if you saw a starter? You saw a starter go six, get six outs, and they're like, oh my gosh, this starter got six outs. Quality
3: start. <laughs> Quality
1: start. Give me a freaking break. Quality start is no longer six innings, it's six outs. Six outs. I'll have to ask Francis next time I see him if those <laughs> answers indicate that we are rational or if we're complete homers. I'll have to ask him.
2: Well, I don't even know what I'm being a homer about him. I'm
1: just a hater. Yeah. I think it should be
2: rational or hater.
1: We got through that whole thing without ever mentioning the name of his favorite. I'm team. the Homer. That's impressive. Uh, I think we should just not mention it now. Of course. Okay.
2: So, Justin, yeah. speaking of people with mushy brains who bring up arguments and then don't Uh-oh. actually say Uh-oh. why Uh-oh. why you feel that way, you just throw an argument out there and say this is why it is. It's stupid <laughs> if you're. If you, that is what you did.
1: I didn't say anyone was stupid. <laughs> he said. Hot
2: dogs are sandwiches. Yeah. And then you provided zero argument for it. <laughs> and then you threw it up there. And then I made the mistake of Engaging. Arguing, engaging. <laughs> and then I found myself in like 30 comments deep <laughs> with multiple people. Everybody is with you on this one. I think... I think there was like maybe two people who don't think that a hot dog is a sandwich along with me on that thread.
0: What I'm learning from this is it's not safe to just say self-evident factual statements around Daniel. See, that's
1: why I didn't make it. I didn't support the claim (laughs) because I thought I'm just going to go on Facebook, which I actually don't really post on Facebook all that often unless I'm posting like pictures or a link or something. I just went on and I was like, hey, there's a debate. That I think is really important and it's been circulating and I've been staying out of debates, but this one really hits home with me. (laughs) Hot dogs are sandwiches and I just left it there and then I went to work. So I wasn't engaging (laughs) because by the time I got off work, there was like almost a hundred comments on it and half of them are you arguing with other people. Yep. I
2: think my... uh, I think my favorite one was when I said that Merriam-Webster was obviously pro hot dog as a sandwich, and they had updated the definition of what a sandwich is yeah. to try and further that propaganda. Merriam-Webster
1: <laughs> is definitely in bed with big hot dogs. Exactly. <laughs> big hot dog is a sandwich. <laughs> because obviously a hot dog is a sandwich. Uh, no,
2: it's not. The definition of a sandwich is two pieces of bread.
1: What is the Merriam-Webster definition of a sandwich?
2: They then add a secondary definition where it says that or one piece of bread, thus calling it an open-faced sandwich. And I'm like, that is something that you had to add in. You had to add in open-faced. So they're clearly trying to make hot dogs a sandwich. Okay, And we are also, obviously speaking, a hot dog sandwich because as dame pointed damian yes, Lillard Damian pointed Lillard, at, very wise very, very wise sage yeah. advice here said a hot dog is a hot dog a hot dog on a bun is a sandwich yeah and he's right uh, he's yeah. half
1: right yeah he's half right <laughs> yeah but you can also put condiments on it like onions and that helps make it more of a sandwich but but daniel okay let me ask you this question now i know the answer but just for the listeners you go to subway yeah you get a sub sandwich yes that bread is connected to itself when Apparently. they cut it open.
2: Yeah, that is a mistake.
1: Remember when they used to cut like the triangle out of the top? Yeah. That was better. So according to you, it is not a sandwich because the bread is connected. Absolutely. Even though it's it's two clearly separate pieces connected by one small piece of bread. You're saying two separate pieces yeah. connected. Uh-huh. So Two separate pieces can be connected no they can't then they're
2: one headphones piece headphones
1: are connected to each other by a, a cord or a wire yeah and yep. they're, they're still separated they're
2: they're one thing they're headphones That's why plural. is that headphones. plural okay then why my, is it not a headphone my two nostrils are actually nostrils. one <laughs> hole they're nostrils they're just separated by a piece of cartilage it's one they're nose they're actually one hole it's and, one nose yeah but they're two nostrils there's two holes there but apparently it's <laughs> one hole they're just
1: separated by this weird thing in the middle of it this is my favorite of all of your arguments <laughs> 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 You're arguing the lack of something as the same of the as the presence of something. Yes. If
2: if if a thin strip of bread connecting two pieces of bread doesn't then make it one piece of
1: bread, but your nos- then why your why can't I are, use that the other way around? Your nostrils are holes. So that's like you saying that this <laughs> water bottle connecting the two pieces of air that are next to each other is just one piece of air. Like I don't because, okay, because you're reaching too, on that one. It's two actual items, like two actual physical things that are connected to each other.
2: With the same thing. Your argument like, is you're that saying, two... Oh, your, your headphone argument, you're you're saying that two headphones, if you're going to say those are different things, they're connected by a wire uh-huh. or a thing in the middle. Yeah. They're not connected by headphones. They're headphones. You're saying bread, two pieces of bread yeah. connected by the same kind of bread,
1: Yeah, but all a of smaller. a sudden...
2: but it's But it's yeah. the same bread. But, that's still one piece. But I just... If you're, if you're going to say, hey, here's an island and another island, but they're actually connected by a smaller strip, all uh I don't know, kind of what New Zealand is like, you're going to say that that's two separate islands connected by
1: land? Isn't that just one island? Yeah. Yeah. So that's what you're saying with bread. <laughs> but my point was that your <laughs> nostrils argument is saying that two nothings connected by something is just one nothing. They're not nothing, they're a whole. <laughs>
2: so, uh. <laughs> also, I love also it so much. the substance. is total nonsense to,
1: They have
2: nothing to do with each it, other. That one was a little bizarre, <laughs> but, but you saying that two pieces of bread connected by also bread makes them somewhat, somehow still. That, only, that's bizarre.
1: Only if there are two clear separate pieces that are just connected by one little piece. Of the same substance. Yeah, but they're two clear separate pieces. They're not because they're connected but, by the same substance. But They're just they're two pieces that are connected. Oh, my gosh. Two pieces of things can't be connected together and still be. I'm going
2: to move on to the Subway sandwich thing, which is quite interesting. When you, that argument was brought up and I was like, shoot, they might have got me here. And then I was like, wait a second. Hold <laughs> up. I will turn to nature for this argument. A koala bear is not a bear. Just because Serving it's questions. called up, oh, up, hey, a silver, hey. <laughs> just because
1: a sub sandwich is named a sub sandwich, <laughs> that doesn't mean it is technically a sandwich. But I don't think a koala bear is actually a koala bear. I think it's just a koala, but people call it a koala bear. But a sub sandwich is actually a sub sandwich. It's it's not. Let's though, let's consult Miriam not Webster. If,
2: not no. Dig, get out of here, Miriam.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so far, everything I've looked up on Miriam Webster is the opposite of what Daniel is saying. Exactly. And Miriam Webster is like the most respected. Dictionary I know. It, company. It was really in frustrating.
2: It was really frustrating because I googled sandwich definition, and the thing that pops up first is two pieces of bread. Now, then I also go to the the other thing. Uh, helping my side is you go to the origin of the word sandwich, and when it was first. Created the word was two pieces of bread again with something in the middle. So the origin of the word is two pieces of bread, and then Andrew was saying that, if but it, they have to be from the same loaf. It, no, it doesn't. It I never mean, says that.
0: <laughs> they need to be from different loaves. It
2: never says that. It just
0: says two or they're just different. The bread. It's the same piece. Why
1: do they need to be from different loaves? Because
0: it's the same piece. Otherwise, <laughs> oh no, it's not. They're separated. They started out the same. You just decided to separate them.
2: That doesn't... The they're is, still the
1: same piece. When does a loaf become a loaf? How far along does it have to be cooked before it's considered a loaf? That's an excellent question.
0: <laughs> does it need to be cooked? <laughs> I think Next you could have week, a raw lo- loaf.
1: I, I think we discussed oh. hot dogs enough. Next week, we'll have a, yeah. a debate about what qualifies as a condiment. Oh, what is another bread? Browse.
2: What is bread? <laughs> what? What? <laughs> Why are trees as Francis says do we why do uh, the thing i like most Francis actually said that arguing in, against himself on your post he said why do you need a label and i was like you're the one who was trying to label a hot dog
1: it's just a sandwich it's a sausage on a bun stop trying to make it a sandwich it doesn't need a label i did it's though it's a hot dog on a bun
3: I DON'T NEED A
2: LABEL FOR
0: IT! This conversation (laughs) has made me realize that Daniel eats a hot dog on a bun in a very different way I eat it like a taco! Yeah, he- How do you eat a taco?
2: With it pointed upwards so that all the fillings don't drop off of it. You apparently
1: turn it sideways, squish it together! you gets so angry. He's throwing stuff. He's knocked his microphone over. I also
0: turn a taco apparently sideways.
2: How with the crunchy taco do you turn it sideways and not lose all of your stuff? You have to slant it
0: and your mouth. That's...
2: You don't slant. That's not sideways. That's slanty ways. Who eats
1: crunchy tacos?
0: Good question, that's, Justin. That's a good people question. People who like messes. Yeah. yeah.
2: Messy people. They're icky. You don't like that. <laughs> don't like things that are icky. <laughs>
1: Well, okay, so we do have one more topic, but it's not that interesting, and I think this show's long enough. Do we want to just call it? We we should call it. Okay. Mariana Rivera stinks. (laughs) So, for my co-host, Daniel, the Marble Gargler Hargrove. And my co-host, Justin, the Lava Monster Damashevich, And our trusty producer, Andrew, not dead. Gross. Also, I'm going to sound like I'm defending him, but he's a jerk. Gross. (laughs) I like that one better. You've been listening to The Scrimmage. Paul, call me. Into the unknown! I'm only mostly dead. (laughs) Let it go, let it go. Can't hold it back anymore.
3: Yeah!